0: The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Benfica, or gray, take your great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here in the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 76. ...of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, And tonight, this is a part two of my conversation with Benfica After 90's Mario Mata. It was a fantastic conversation. You heard the first part in the last episode, the first half of it. Tonight, you hear the second half, okay? So, it's about another hour of conversation with myself and Mario. And we hit on some more different uh, topics and... um We kind of let loose a bit, and and it was a fantastic conversation, let me tell you, and I'm not going to spoil it for you so that you can listen to it. Um, We're going to pick up where we left off, okay? We're going to pay a bill really quickly, and after that... um, after that, we're gonna get right back into it. There's no reconquista in this episode. You heard that last time. We're gonna get right back into it. All right, we where we left off. And Mario, when when we get back, Mario is talking about the difference as we were talking about the content, the quality of content on BTV, and we'll pick up with Mario talking about when he first got BTV, watching an interview in a coffee shop with Josebio. I think I've seen it. It's called Vain Tomar Café. Ven Tomar Café Comigo or something like that was the name of the show um, from back in like the 80s, but um, it aired on BTV also, I believe, and it's just Ozebu telling you about himself. And that's where Mario is picking. That's where we are picking up. This is what Mario is talking about when we pick up on the other side of this break. All right. This is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Augustine. You can follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mister On Instagram at Mr. Benfica. And you can check out MrBenfica.com. There's some big changes coming very soon to MrBenfica.com. You're going to see a new and improved version of the site. And also, don't forget to check, uh, check me out on... Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and check the YouTube channel. This interview will appear, and it's a real original entire form on YouTube um, this weekend. I'm going to post it on Saturday. Okay, so Saturday August the 16th, I want to say, August the 15th. Saturday, August the 15th, you will see this entire conversation on YouTube from start to finish on the Mr. Benfica channel. So stay tuned to that, and we'll be right back with Mario on the other side of this break, all right? This is Episode 76, Mr. Benfica Off-Season Talk with Mario Mata of Benfica After 90. I, remember
1: what that was. I just remember there was one, I turned it on. And it was a Zebu at some coffee shop somewhere in mm-hmm. Lisbon, sitting down, so we're just having a cafe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: talking about life and this and that, and yeah. his history and what he likes to see now about the club. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I, lo- I loved it. That was so you, cool. what you want to see. Give, give me them doing that with a Nuno Gomes. Give me Give me that let with me get to know these like players the as
0: people, you know? What yeah, do they do on their free time? They used to have that. They used to have that interview show. I think they still have it, but it's less notable people. But they brought in like a foreign player, I think it was Cristante at the time. Yeah. So what do you do for fun? Oh, I like to fish. Like he's yeah, like, exactly. What do you like about living in Portugal? Oh, the I love the way you guys make fish in Portugal. You know, in Italy we have pasta, but we nobody makes fish. Like you get to learn these little nuances of these people, and hey, you get you, to you personify humanize them you humanize these players, and they're not just the guy you see on TV. Maybe we won't scream at them as much when they screw up. If if we know these – maybe if, yeah. if I find out Andre Almeida is this great guy, maybe I'm not so critical of them every well, time. He, uh,
1: you know? Exactly. And there's even like – I remember – I forgot what I was watching once. It was something um, – it was a different program, not not be related, but was, I think it was Javi Loves Wine. It has a winery and yada, uh-huh. yada, yada. And they're kind of going around wine tours and how he yeah. got his dad involved and his dad runs it. I, the stuff like that, I'm like, this is content that I think – because Bifique is the club and you own the station, own the TV, right. and you got these players. You have them there. You can <laughs> grab them. And then you got the legendary guys that are always by the club. You can grab right. them and go, hey, what do you, you up to nowadays? Oh, I've been fishing, like the fishing ones, stuff like that. Yeah. Like that stuff is like. What do you do for fun? You know, it's great to it's, learn it's, this stuff. It's cool. It's fun. It's entertainment. It's neat. It's content. It's not as. Uh, it's not getting into the. Um, heck, Bifique will be playing good or poorly. Right. I can yeah. go in and watch this and enjoy it. There
0: used to be a show I think it was called Top Du Crack or something like that and Ana Moreira was the reporter. She would go around with one of the Moadladi Dodge players yeah. and they'd count down their seven favorite songs in their pregame, you know, mix. Yeah. And it was cool. You you'd get to know this guy and oh, this guy likes, you know, this Brazilian samba song from yeah. 1962. He listens to it before every basketball game. It's it's, it's cool. hilarious. It's to it's to fun just to people.
1: But it's that's the type of content which I think they have such easy access at their fingertips. Mm I think they're squandering. Yeah, Um, I I think this constant, like I have no interest in watching any talk show on Bifika, which is like related to analysis on the current team, because I feel it's so, it's so against the rules to criticize that I guess the point where I can't watch this. I I love the team, but I can't, I can't watch like someone just on their knees groveling. Especially and when things aren't going right.
0: Even, like, the post-game show, they'll bring in – and this is a, a very typically Portuguese thing to do that is hilarious. Nobody else does this. They'll bring in a referee to, to criticize the referee. And, yeah. you know, it's like Antonio Rola comes in every time to basically, if Maipica loses, criticize yeah. the referee and find every mistake he made. And if they yeah. win, you know, praise the referee.
1: Oh, God, yeah. No, no kidding, I see. Yeah, I agree. They have that, and it's that's a whole other circus in itself, how they – run with the referees and i think again that goes back to the liga i think the liga allowing the level of, like i know in the epl there's like no there's patience no, for anything yeah.
0: right no tolerance for for yeah. sizing officials we're
1: well, right here it's if you don't do it you're doing a bad job as a club like literally they're
0: like you're not defending your team or something
1: <laughs> there's a few years back where we had like porto was all over the ref so hard yeah and i remember lucia Pieda and the club got a lot of flack saying hey you're not doing it you got to do it more and, and they have on a campaign yeah. to go out of the referees. They really, really that none out of the referees, and everyone's like, "Oh, there we go. Now you're doing your job." It's like, yeah. I'm like, I think the Liga should like rein this in on all sides. But
0: yeah, it's a lack. Of, I think it's a lack of a professionalism around the board in Portuguese football, from the players to the management to the the media. There's just a. I mean, even when you watch a press conference, these journalists ask stupid questions. Like the, you know, the guy just lost. Well, do you think that you know so and so not not training yesterday affected your decision today. And it's like basically trying to to light a fire, you know, trying to feed gasoline into a fire so they can have an easy time writing their articles the next morning.
1: I found Lodge was really good at handling that. At, at first uh, especially, yeah. At first it was he'd laugh, laugh it off and and kinda of, I remember they once brought up his salary. Yeah. Like uh oh you're making five hundred thousand a year. And it's like and he asked him something about his 500K he makes or whatever it was because the salary is low compared to like the regular, you know, Bifika manager, let alone big three manager. And he just got a shot back of like, okay, that has nothing to do with what's on the pitch. Do you actually have a question? Yeah. And it's like, right. and he was pretty good at doing that. But it's the fact that it's like, these guys got no shame. They're looking for that controversy. They're looking for that. Yeah. Roger Quinal is like the the perfect Portuguese media guy because he snaps, he, he freaks he, out, he, he throws, throws a fit. Yeah.
0: He eats the bait every time. Yeah. Especially if his team was not, you know, not playing well.
1: Oh, if if, if Porto underperforms, it's, it's a great yeah. show to watch. If Benfica happens, if Porto won, but Benfica also happened to win, he'll they yeah. can get under his skin and get him to yeah. out also. Yeah. Uh It's like because they'll just throw a few Benfica things. He'll he'll throw a fit. It's good media for that. And right? I
0: remember the time he walked out. It was a Champions League. He walked out of the <laughs> he walked out of the press conference because there was questions about Bruno Fernandes being sold instead of <laughs> about the way about the way his team played. and He got so pissed yeah. he walked right out.
1: You're good for him on that, but I think it's funny though. It's uh, but they know they get the reaction out of that guy.
0: Yeah, exactly, and you know. uh, we'll see how JJ handles the media this time around. I know he said something about it. He's not going to enter into the mind games, but that's so much a part oh, of his yeah, DNA. Yeah. Good luck
1: <laughs> with that. I, yeah. Him ent- not entering into the mind games him trying to play a whole new mind game himself. You know? And, and, you know, he
0: was, he was a much more subdued version of himself in Brazil because he knew he was outnumbered and he knew he was the outsider and he was a lot more humble, I guess you could say, but he was a lot more uh, complimentary of, of his opponents. And, to this day, the, the Grêmio coach still hates him, right? Renato yeah. Gaúcho. He, he went on – he's pissed that he's taken, uh, you know, he's taken Everton Cibolino yeah. away from Grêmio. And I'm watching ESPN Brazil, and the ESPN Brazil reporters telling Renato, he goes, forget that guy. Forget Jesus. He's gone. <laughs> he's yeah, like, he's
1: gone. Don't talk about it. I like, want to hear this guy's so name again. He's
0: traumatized from these four matches that he just got absolutely yeah. annihilated by him that he's still, like, he's obsessed with, with George Jesus, even though George Jesus is gone.
1: Oh man, it's funny. I, I do. I do feel by the end of it, he was starting to get a little bit more of his. Uh, he was. Faces. He was. Yeah. He, he had. He f-
0: was feeling comfortable and.
1: Yeah. Basically, well, the, results became, are, the results. The results were to- Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: there wasn't a single fan who had anything bad to say about him at the end.
1: Yeah, I just. I, I kind of. I view him as a mercenary coming here to do a yeah. job right now, um, and it's all good. But I. I there's pros and cons to that. The, the the big con is he could care less how he leaves the club. He's getting paid as long as yeah. he can get do it to as long <laughs> as he wins titles, which is good, is what we want, does well in Europe. He himself opens up his own door for his next job or a bigger payday. Right. Um, but then I hold no qualms that this guy will will if the offer is better, just turn his back super quick on us, right? So sure.
0: That's why he wanted a one year contract. He got two. He yeah. said two. So you know that he's not he's not coming here to retire.
1: Yeah, and that's why I kind of look at some of these deals, and I'm hoping any players we're signing right now under him are over two years, because mm-hmm. I don't want a situation where he leaves, he's and everybody's done, has gone, and with we have them, a bunch yeah. of guys like yeah,
0: and we're back to relying on our Prices, team yeah. to, to 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 fill in every hole in the team, yeah,
1: exactly. We don't want to get into a Porto situation where all these players leaving us free agents, right?
0: Right, and we don't, yeah, we don't want to get into that financial fair play violation area where we've got to sell everybody off just to break even.
1: It's craziness, and it's it's one of those things where it's an easy trap to fall into. Because yeah. it, right now we're desperate; we really want that attention from them, and it's uh, and we got them. But hopefully, we keep we keep cooler heads. I, I kind of look at all these announcements of signings, and i I'm excited right now. I'm I'm of over course. the moon. Yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm 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 like this is cool. This is cool having these types of names flaunted around the club. This is what Bifico was supposed to have been doing a while back right. ago, right? Um, and it's because it's kind of like almost an abusive relationship. You got neglected, really and now you're getting yeah, you get some is. attention.
0: We'd sit here, you know, you on your show, me on mine. We'd sit here week after week, just defeated, with yeah. the thing fell apart. Yeah, you know, we keep coming back to this abusive partner, if you will, and they just keep beating us some more. And then finally, you know, now we have the hope that with this manager and with the change of of uh, the change of
1: priorities, that things will get better. I, I kind of feel bad both for Ruy Utadi and Lage because yeah. I feel in a sense that Ruy Utadi was an unattractive type of manager. He played a very let's get the one goal and hold the result. Let's play mm-hmm. a little bit more defensive. Right. Let's not forget, you know, that's what got us two back to back Champions League mm-hmm. knockout appearances, something right. this club had not done in ages. Right. What did him in wasn't his style, his style wasn't helpful. You know, if you said on don't want to go lead, you're bound to get punished mm-hmm. for it. Um, it was gutting the squad year one, gutting the squad year two, year two. and not really reinvesting. So it, by right. year three, it was a circus uh, to the point where um, we got zero points in the Champions League. We lost mm-hmm. the Penta. And then again, they doubled down on that gutting him. Yeah, And yeah, they, they said they signed some players, but I really felt like it was just patchwork. Like it was like doing the bare minimum. Right possible and i don't know how I any mean, people will toss around whether it's him not asking for them or whatever the story but as a president of the club how you run the club you should be seeing the trend where things are headed and then when they get rid of him and you have unlimited money we'll sign Mourinho, and you have lodge and we're going to get Mourinho. we're going to spend unlimited money on mm-hmm. players and you don't sign anyone because lodge did very well but you didn't really sign players and then come into summer yes our a couple guys were interesting
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it, it's like the damage was done yeah. And even in the winter window, you know, at Lucifyed supporters to come out and say, Oh, but we, we signed Weigel. Right. I'm like, Oh, somebody's wasn't horrific and we no, had know, It player, wasn't the
0: right. most
1: it wasn't the most critical. We needed a goal scorer or we needed a center back Right. desperately. Like you, you got the one position like we didn't need a The one center.
0: place we were set.
1: Yeah. When he yeah. had the Gabriel Terrat switching in the middle, you just had like yeah. so many options in that middle. And I kind of looked at him like, hey, this this signing is not what we need. And it's just – so I I feel bad in the sense that I I don't think those managers were the right managers for Mm Rafika. But I think it almost didn't matter who he had as a manager, but they're going to be set up for failure. I I tend
0: to agree with you. And, you know, we went through this campaign to re-sign Samadij last year. And right from the first day of preseason, he was buried on the bench. It made no sense. And then, of course, we're going to call on him when he hasn't played in six weeks. And then bench him because he didn't play well in that one game where he was called in against Porto, the match day three. And it just right from, you know, we were both at the, mat, the match last year that was here in uh, New England. Yeah. And that preseason just looked poorly planned from the beginning. Like you didn't understand what team he was putting on on the pitch to play because it was never a full 11. He was playing bits and pieces of each. Facet of the game, yeah, of each yeah. phase. and it was just like, okay, when are we going to get to our 11? When we, that's, it, that's a good shout, though. you had Phasia playing the whole preseason when we had written him off, and meanwhile, yeah, because all of a sudden it's like Phasia's back, okay, well, sitting t- on the bench, and right, yeah. and Florentino had just come off a great season,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it was it was very odd because I remember that, I remember, um. And uh, seeing Shivas And you go Oh it's one of the yeah. early games We had played in Portugal right. already Okay I get it we'll, we'll get into a flow We never got into uh, any We never got into that flow We never got into a flow We never had any Because it gets to the point Where you're the first Two games Dealers And then you kind of mm-hmm. go Here's our main With a tweak
0: Right Next friend, Here's our main with another Right three. Maybe a couple yeah. of question marks But yeah. you'd have Seven or eight Out of the eleven Set And I never Yeah really and you kind of
1: Swap out a halftime or Whatever you gotta yeah. do But this one It's like every Match was very unique Teams Different formations Right okay. Okay, we're going to 4 3 3, or is it back to 4 3 3 for the 4 4 2? And it's like, and it was even the and it was the most shocking thing was I felt Gabriel, not Gabriel, sorry, um, uh, Jetson and Florentino were, were mm-hmm. such standouts last year and how yeah. quickly these kids got back to the kicked bench. out of the yeah. yeah, back to the bench. And we chased Jetson out of the club with the loan and we keep trying to sell Florentino. It looks like we we're proactively trying to sell him. And it's just like, what the heck are you guys doing? It's like yeah. this doesn't – the strategy and logic behind all of it made no sense in my
0: – And then we have, you know, an Andre Almeida who's already not a first-choice right-back, yeah. and he's injured. We're, we're going with an 18-year-old left-back as our starting right-back to start the season. It makes no sense. We finished the season with an 18-year-old right-back at left-back. Yeah. It, it was like the team was never constructed to to really succeed this year.
1: It was it was the bare minimum to try to yeah. win a, a League of title and that right. that's the problem. And and then you kind of go back and this is where things come full circle on the financial side is not it in the same span the last three seasons we made of that massive amount of money, that's four hundred and seventy-two million because I, I have the numbers yeah. in front of me. Four hundred and seventy-two million, we spent of that money a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Like and if you go back years prior, like you go like uh, if you go let 's say george Jouge time, like first four years of Jouge, mm-hmm. the club spent one hundred and forty five million, and the club made one hundred and fifty five million right It used to be a time where you made the money on the sale, spent it, you kept a little bit for you debt kept a little other. bit right, and then all of a sudden that 's like a, a ratio where you 're spending like ninety percent of what you make in the transfer market you knew there 's like you 're losing ten percent on the top for Uh, Certain fees, certain overhead costs for debt, for other stuff going on. And, you know, there was a time back then, like, yeah, we got to be a bit careful that maybe knock it down a little bit quicker, but, you know, Mm -hmm. just a little bit. Last three years, again, 100 million spend. People go, oh, yeah, you compare it. It's still similar spend. I'm like, well, it's a decade later. Prices are completely different. Yeah, there's inflation, first of all. (laughs) Yeah. And you're spending basically, that's pretty much works out less than 20 percent of the budget
0: mm-hmm.
1: is what you're spending so it's like of course you had this scenario where it's like whoa what's the game plan here like he, we had a, a situation where again going back if you went back-to-back knockouts of the champions league mm-hmm. with the right investment they could have kept doing that they could have won a pent right. and they could have just been doing what juventus in a sense is doing which is owning syria and owning the league and right. and focusing on europe and uh trying to at least and it's just now we're try and rebuild so we can win domestically again and try to yeah it's yeah uh, you
0: could even say we had favorable draws to advance every time in in the champions league especially the past while yeah i I think the past three at least i would say where we failed but we the draw has been favorable enough to to advance
1: yeah and and it's in in every single case it was kind of like very obvious things that the club themselves like i look at the penta year so the Mm penta year of bruno varela yeah it was so clear we had an issue with goalkeeping and i remember at the time in the winter window for that season lucivita coming out saying we have an unlimited budget and yes we can sign a better keeper we can sign this and then he signed no one right and then we narrowly lost the penta and you kind of saw yeah. this gap yeah and it's like these gaps we see time and time again where you're like okay well, what are you doing to fix it it's uh and I think this year was too little too late when they tried doing it because yeah. they did try. I think, I felt they tried with RDT in a few signings, but it just wasn't yeah, and
0: they, they tried to bring in Diego Souza in, in the market in the January window for yeah. whatever reason. But just it seems no. like they tried to make moves for the sake of making moves so that yeah, we just back to say off it's, them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's the lowest cost yeah. move that they can make. Say, right. hey, look, we did something. And they kind of went, Oh, RDT didn't work out. We made our money back. I'm like, so what we did is we spent twenty million RDT. He completely failed. We got 20 million back, and then we got Diego Souza free. Who, yeah, um, who's like
0: a, a yeah. lesser version of of RDT? He's a similar player, not quite as as gifted, and, but he plays and he, the same exact game that that RDT does. It didn't work with RDT, so let's let's bring in you know a low cost Diego Souza and see if that works. But yeah, we didn't address it was, any of the needs we actually had.
1: Yeah, and the, I think that move with Diego Souza was complete timed at the time with the Chinese club, mm-hmm. China, and bringing in the Chinese to do that big event. That's true. And, and it was, if you could try it, to do something maybe as I a friendly. I didn't think of
0: that aspect, but you're right now that yeah, you bring that up.
1: And it's like one of these things where it's like, okay, you're putting the marketing and business side ahead of the product on the pitch. Right. And which, then, which
0: is what they do when they roll out, you know, the type of team we did in the first match day of the Champions League. To take yeah, on likes.
1: what a disaster that was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's, I, I, I'm i just glad that now we're in a situation where is in a panic. He's scared he's going to lose his job. So now he's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, going to people who know how to run teams, going yeah. to George Jouge and going, hey, w- what do we need here? And he's basically telling them as it is and they're spending and he's given the, the budget. It's just, it's sad because I think this now, I get scared of reckless spending. I think mm-hmm. it's good that we're spending, but, uh, and these signings sound great and hopefully it works out man that's all i got at this point you're kind of now on hopes right yeah because yeah. exactly. it's like almost like you're gambling you're putting it all on on red and here we go let's mm-hmm. see and you talk
0: about Luis Felipe Vieira and his position now you had the pleasure of having one of his uh one of his competitors on your show yeah. which was it was mind blowing to watch. And a lot of what he said, I had a feeling of, right. So you had R- Huy Gomes, the Silva on, and I yeah. was watching Alex's re- reaction to a lot of what he was saying. And he was, yeah. his jaw was just dropping. Um, now you've had a couple of weeks to kind of, you know, kind of digest it. What do you think now after having talked to, to, to him? And now that you see another contender in the race in, 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 uh, Lops, yeah. yeah. What do well, you, what are you thinking now? Two weeks later,
1: you know what? I gotta say, I gotta give credit where it's due. I think Uri Gomes is going out to as many mm-hmm. people that are willing to talk. And he's yeah. talking to Um I know. I know. At the end of the day, these are elections. There's there's a political aspect to it. I right. know there's a bit of spin to it. I get sure. that. But in talking to him, I honestly felt the guy is a Befikisha that mm-hmm. wants to see the product on the pitch improve and and cares a lot about what's on the pro- uh, what's going on. And, and so that that to me uh, you could just sense it the, the love he has for the club mm-hmm. lopes I, I see the fanfare for him i see the amount of attention he's getting. i think right now really there's a mentality of anyone but lucio fieta right and, and who's got the most momentum and let's park our cart behind that behind person that guy yeah yeah so i could see i could see that the momentum lopes came out of the gate running um mm-hmm. I, the polar ops in a sense of Rui Gomes where Rui Gomes is putting himself out there. Right. And Lopes isn't really doing that. He's meeting privately with individuals. Yeah.
0: You can see his corporate background in Lopes. You know, he, I looked into him and you know, he was, he rose to the ranks at McDonald's international and McDonald's Europe. And you can see he plays a more corporate game. Whereas um, Gomes, the Silva is this, this, you know champion of the people if you will yeah, like yeah, you and i like i said to you you know i had tweeted you that it made a huge impression on me that he was willing to come on your show and speak english
1: yeah and that that in itself was, it was kind of neat so we went back and forth for a while chatting um you know trying to arrange this this interview and then i, I let her know you know our show appeals to the english fan base right and, um would you be comfortable if I was to say anything in English? do you how's your English out of curiosity? He said, "Oh, I'm quite comfortable in English and and that was kind of so I'm like, would you be able to answer in English or would you? Like I told him like do do whatever is comfortable for you right you're you're my guest um if you want me to speak in Portuguese and you speak in Portuguese and I subtitle it, it is what it is. If you're cool, if I say a few things in English, so the English audience can hear it, and then I subtitle your your Portuguese mm-hmm. response, and he's like, and he's like, "Oh, so the majority of your listeners are English I'm like, yeah." And I kind of explained and he's like, you know what? No, no, I'm not, I'm not the best, but I, I, I'd rather do it in English. The majority of your listeners are English. I want to talk to you directly. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. I'm like, that was awesome. And I even asked him like out of curiosity, any, any top, like I just kind of, I didn't get any pushback from him or anything before the interview on restrictions, topics mm-hmm. that you don't talk about. He right. was pretty much open. Um, I thought that was cool. I, I, yeah. I think, the biggest risk he has as a candidate, and I've seen it exposed several times now is because he's open and talking to everyone and he's willing to chat and he's willing to just riff back and forth a bit. You'll get caught off guard with maybe the wrong question. You'll get off guard with the wrong statement. And then things get blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. I I think he got blown out of proportion on that uh, comment about hiring instead of hiring George Juj, hiring Mourinho or something like that. Like, Oh, he couldn't pay Mourinho that much. He's like, I, what his what he was trying to get at and he mentioned on mine is like with the yeah. money we're looking at spending. Yeah. There's a lot of managers he can get. Right. He's not his first choice. Right. And everyone's like, Oh, he's saying that money is what Rio gets paid. He doesn't know he doesn't know football. I'm like, that's not it. Like you're missing right. the point. But well, it's that's just the he, way In politicians
0: he deal with that all the time and you yeah. know, their, their words can easily be twisted and de and Silva said he has a background in politics, so it's nothing new to him. But their yeah. words can get twisted out of context and Next thing you know, you're defending a statement that's not what you said.
1: Yeah, it's it's really gets away from the message, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think, Lopes has more that I, I agree with you that corporate background, that success, he has more mm-hmm. of that cachet. I think people are looking at everything in business. The only thing I look at, even regardless of who wins, let's say Lopes wins, right? Let's say he's got the momentum. The one thing I hope when he wins, that he goes in with the full knowledge of having seen firsthand is. The current guy was a business-focused guy, a savvy, the- and exactly. I'm not taking that away from Lucio Vieri. He's done a lot of good things. Yeah, um, but he took his eye off what was going on on the pitch. Right, these guys got ticked off,
0: mm-hmm. and no
1: matter what he did for them, they kicked him out. Yeah, and so he goes in, going, "I'm a savvy business person. I don't know. I don't want to accuse him of not knowing football, but I'm just going to put him in the bucket as a Lucio where he's a mm-hmm. guy that maybe is business first, but knowing full hand that he'll be out of a job." if he doesn't recognize things are going wrong on the pitch. Right. And that to me should be the main lesson. I hope if Luis Felipe Vieta wins, that he, um, that he narrowly wins and he gets that figure of God. Obviously, you can see what the way he's spinning. Yeah. And he knows he's on notice and he doesn't I, screw around anymore.
0: I have never seen Luis Felipe Vieta like this. <laughs> you can see he, oh, he no, knows. He's, you know, he's, he's panicked. He's in for a real fight this time.
1: I've never um, seen the whole Bifika apparatus from the press conference in George Juge to BTV yeah. to Bifika Twitter to like all the official outlets campaigning for him, basically. Right.
0: And then every independent outlet like us and, you know, independent, exactly. Or at least trying to level the playing field and trying to, to balance out the coverage because we are, it does feel like voices are being silenced and, you know. Yeah,
1: it's it feels it's being science. It feels like it's almost being mocked to a certain extent. by sure, by, yeah. by, by, by the club, and it's it's a bit of a power struggle right now. It's is it this uh, club of the people or is it a club of uh, the, the the top the business. few? Business, right? And um, you know, you always hope the people win out. I really do. You and hope I, so, right? And I hope, if anything, if Lucifiera still gets reelected, that he, he's gonna come away very wounded from mm-hmm. it. And knowing full well he he's on notice, that yeah. he, he, that's it. It's not his toy. But I get scared of the short sightedness. I think all these exciting as, as, as signings, and if we get a good start to this full, following year, could get people to go. Ah, yeah. things are great. Look how good things are. And it's, yeah, they are. But why are we in this situation today? Yeah, and that one not thing losing
0: sight. One thing Rui de Gomes de Silva spoke about with you guys, and I noticed this is where Alex was shocked. He talked about the involvement of George Men. She wasn't shy about it. Yeah, and even where I've worked at the fourth division in the United States, the agents wheel their power around. You drop a player. And next thing you know, he's in your, he's in your locker room saying, this isn't what we agreed to. And yeah. it didn't surprise me to see that, but I'm glad he said that because a lot of people don't, uh, they don't understand that side of the game. They see 11 players go out and they think, and this happened with Bruno lige a lot. I felt like because Bruno lige has a weaker personality or a more passive personality, I think he got you know kind of pushed aside a lot by by stronger personalities, whether it be Luis Felipe or George Mendes, whoever it was. But you know, Hugom Silva kind of tended to this, and you, you see when when lineups don't make sense, that's what's happening is is someone behind the scenes is pulling the strings, and you're wondering why why are we not playing this guy or why does Safarovich play every single match, you yeah. know and it, he's either the world's greatest player in training and every coach just cannot stop believing in him or there's, there's another, you know, factor that's being brought into play and they, you know, their hand is being forced and, you know, I don't have inside knowledge on Safarevich, for example, but when that type of a player seems to always be in the lineup and never is removed. So a lot of people complain about PZ always being in the lineup, even when he's playing poorly and, you know the, the deals we make. Why are we buying RDT when we don't need a striker? Well, we the, he has a broker named George Menz who needs to make his money back because he just sold your guy, you know, for 126 million. Now he wants he wants to make a sale to collect, you know, a commission. Yeah, on collect some side. more commissions, yeah, and yeah, yeah. exactly. And they, these are the deals you make in football. Unfortunately, this is modern football. You make the the super agent as they call them. They become a big part of the game. And they wield a lot of power, more so than managers. I I believe, and and I think Befica's fallen under that trap, at least since JJ left.
1: And I I think that's a, it was a good shout that he had, in and bringing up George Mendez. It's it's um, it's you gotta work with these agents, but they've allowed full control. I feel right. like
0: they've handed the keys over.
1: And I, I think the example to me was highlighted more more prevalently in that first couple Champions League games this year where we had mm-hmm. about five players debuting that, <laughs> debuting that <laughs> hadn't played. And people go, oh, Servi is uh, a good player. And he is. Mm-hmm. So have your first official match of this season be Champions League. It's kind of like, whoa, okay. And Rafa at the time was playing well. He was playing well, right. And it was a case of, and I was shocked that in the lead of the Champions League going, okay, they got to... Remember, I was calling for this, and it never happened, was you know, will you play Servi before the Champions League, so you give Raf some rest, so you can play your best eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, when we played Phajia's first game was in the Champions League this year. Right. He played preseason because we were trying to offload Phajia. We yeah, we were trying to him. sell
0: him. It was a shop window. We're gonna yeah, play so- Phajia as much as possible and hope somebody comes in with a with an uh, offer. Never mind what it does to our to our staff, you know, and to our yeah. to our eleven.
1: And so this is where the the agent. And upper management, the club puts its finger on the pitch and people go, oh, mm-hmm. it's not the president that selects the, the starting 11. I'm like, it's not, but the influence was that Fasia was to play all the games in the of preseason course. as much as possible to get money made. Yeah. And Tomáš an Tavares
0: is gonna play in the Champions League because yeah. you know the president was already touting him at the end of last season.
1: Yeah. David Tavares got two David games Tavarish this season. He got he Champions got it. <laughs> he got Champions League, <laughs> yeah, and he got it one tacit Liga, yeah, and that's
0: right, it. Right. And I'm just like Damn. something's wrong with this picture here
1: <laughs> yeah that that is truly and so when when so is saying there there's a, a a rot right now at the club and there's mm-hmm. the a situation with agents controlling the strings and people go oh, it's just because I'm like no, you see it on the pitch mm-hmm. you actually right. see it it's it's i think the club has to get better at diversifying Just like you diversify an investment, you diversify your talent pool in a sense of not only do you get different talented players, but you also get players.
0: Different characteristics.
1: Different characteristics, but you also get them signed by different agents.
0: Yeah. So that one agent doesn't wield all that power.
1: Yeah. And Mendes is a very like love-hate kind of seller. Like wolves love them. Right. They fully are bought into the Mendes strain. Yeah. Um, but that is a Mendez only club. Right. Anyone come in there that's not a Mendes player, Mendez will get his hands on it very quickly. Yep. And the most telling thing that Rui Gomes brought up, which is so true with Joan Felix, an Academy player, not a Mendez agent. Mm hmm. But Mendez just, still gets. <laughs> and just before he's sold, yep. Mendez gets put gets his name put on, on, on yeah, the contract. Yeah, he brokers the deal. <laughs> and it's kind of like. And he gets cut a commission. And it's one of these things where it's like, we're, we, did, we said we didn't want to sell Joel and Felix. Yeah. Did we truly not want to sell? We were, we okay. called Mendez and Mendez got involved. It's like, we want to sell Joel and Felix. We're going to say publicly we don't, but let's get this kid and yeah. Let's jack up the price. Much how much can. can you
0: get for him? Right.
1: And he did good from a sales standpoint, but it's kind of, again, the priorities and how you're running it. And then you can, you see these other guys at like Cardit and like Kyle Lucas is of the world. Yeah. These sightings, and you go, okay, is this the scratch one's back? Is who would like? I looked at the age, right? <laughs> I, I got so curious about the agent for Kyle Lucas. He's a mm-hmm. no one, he's a he's no a one, nobody, like and nobody would know players. I don't want to feel me <laughs> saying that, but it's like Kyle right. Lucas, is like his main player, yeah. And it's like, how do we get it? Like, and you kind of have to go, okay, is there some like shady connection behind the scenes where? Mm-hmm someone got paid on the cash to get these yeah. guys signed. Like it just logically doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that,
0: that deal made no sense. And you know, he talked really talked about that with you and it's like, that's a great player for the middle East. That's not a player for our league, especially to wear our number seven, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the Lucas, jerseys
0: people want to buy is the number seven. That's like number, the number seven, 10, you know? And they, and they brought, and the and
1: I, I laughed my ass off so hard when we said CL seven, like yeah. they did the Ronaldo style branding and everything. And I was like, yeah, he had his own I'm interview
0: like, on on BTV when he was he had his own half hour sit down interview like who is like he was guy like a megastar selling? yeah hey, I remember
1: I remember a time I was like okay this is either going to be the biggest joke ever or they found a, diamond.
0: Scound- a scouting ever right
1: yeah and at the end of the day, it was the biggest joke ever it truly right. was It was like what the <laughs> frig was it of course this is a joke yeah So it's like a, I was waiting for Ali G to come out of that interview to go like I got you ah, right you know, really this mm-hmm. was like uh, those interviews where he punks people and it's like. Uh, that's what it felt like with this guy. It's like, okay, are, are we serious? Really? Okay. All right. The last thing I'm
0: going to ask you before I let you go, we, we're going on almost two hours. Okay. Of, um Is the question, everybody, can Luis Felipe Vieta lose this election? Do you believe the way it's set up?
1: Uh, I think he can because of the momentum that's building up mm-hmm. against what Lopes, I really think so because Lopes is before what Rui Gomes, mm-hmm is he was painted like a madman at times. Right. Painted like here's this guy's a fanatic. He, Yeah. He clearly loves Wifika. No one's doubting that, but he, he's not, he's mm-hmm. going to put us in a crisis. He, he's a better guy to have in the stands, not in mm-hmm. the boardroom, blah, 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 blah. Right. You got a guy that's like a bigger businessman. Lose your internet. Right. Your whole, like, listen, we, this is, we got to be smart with our money. It's like, yeah, that guy's better than you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> there goes, there goes, it's like, uh, there goes your prime cornerstone of right. what your argument is. Right. So now his panic is, let's spend and get, look what I'm doing on the pitch. I'm like, oh, hopefully yeah. people don't have a mindset. Right. I feel there's a lot of people really ticked off. I think people are livid with mm-hmm. the way that the uh, social media structure of Bifika mm-hmm. is campaigning on behalf of Luigi Fiat. That's right. not supposed to happen. It's not their place. This is the first time ever... Because historically, pre Louis we never had Bifika TV. Right. We had, a, we had a magazine, a newspaper. Right. And it was always like viewed as like a socio run newspaper, mm-hmm. which are both talk good and badly of the mm-hmm. candidates. Right. And now we have this construct of BTV, Bifika Twitter, the website. The,
0: it's like state television. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's all like campaigning on behalf right. of the president hard, refusing to do debates, refusing to discuss the candidates. It's like all this attention. And so sometimes I go, am I in the Twitter bubble? Am I in the social media bubble too much where this guy is picking up momentum? But every time I see polls, it seems like I think there is a real chance he could lose. I really mm-hmm. do think so. And I think um, I think if we're due for change, we need it. I think we need to have new people looking at the books because that's how you get rid of complacency mm-hmm. and, right. and some of these leeches that have latched onto the club.
0: What concerns me is that you have three candidates splitting opposition votes. Against yeah. And I think Luis Felipe Vieta has his base, which isn't going to waver very much. So I'm I'm wondering how that dynamic is going to evolve as we get closer to the election. If if the other guys are going to get behind whoever, you know, the clear front runner is.
1: If I was Lopes, because uh, clearly he's got the momentum right now. And you mm-hmm. kind of wait until you get to September or whatever. I would go if it comes September, you know, a month before the election, things are looking really in his favor. Mm-hmm. I'd go through the Gomes and I'd go, uh, I'd say, listen, buddy, you'll be a VP. You'll be, uh, you'll yeah. be part of this club, but drop out. I think out, that's
0: the best way to do it and to do it real close to the election, to really yeah. put that pressure on. on and,
1: and corral uh, it and say, okay, this is it. You have two mm-hmm. options. There's a potential one more candidate that, that might run. Mm-hmm. I don't know much details on it, but there's right. one that's building a campaign to run. So I'm curious mm-hmm. who that will be. Um, I also wonder that fear of a split vote. Mm-hmm. I think also my biggest fear here's my uh, is Lucifer wins but he wins with a minority vote meaning with a
0: minority that, vote right
1: yeah and so what that does is he got a situation where the existing president at Bifika for the first time in ages does not have the backing of Bifiquisha's as a right. collective right um, and he set up a very short term contract with George George, meaning that halfway through his term that's going to go away so he better deliver elsewhere mm-hmm. and because he's on very thin ice, and if things go a little sideways early on, you could have people within the club start kibosh just to because they want to run and he could have right. a very disgusting scenario so well, i don't if i if he doesn't go now, I think it'll be uh it could be a very interesting four year especially if it's a minority one where it could get a lot of infighting from yeah,
0: him. there will be a lot of resistance every step of the way if he goes through another mandate, another term if you will one other thing of that that uh I, I had forgot to mention Rui Gomes brought up how he supports a term limit and that yeah. really spoke to me. I, I fully agree with that. And I think it's any organization is dangerous having somebody in charge for 17 years, handpicking everybody he puts around him. After 17 years, you literally have no, no, you know, oppositional voices in anywhere in your organization because you've handpicked everybody.
1: Yeah. It's we need term limits of some variety, whether it be a, mm-hmm. uh, year or three year mm-hmm. um some kind of construct or um especially now with the the way the media is set up it's very dangerous like you look mm-hmm. at okay so an example and this is i'm not accusing lucia to try and do this but it f- sure feels like it but you look at real madrid it is a member club mm-hmm. their president runs the madrid media yeah the madrid media will crush and kill anyone that, that runs even ta- them, right ta- runs against them or talks out against them mm-hmm it has been said that Real Madrid makes decisions on eliminating players or coaches, even if they're successful, because they get more popular than what the club is and therefore become a danger to the president himself. So the sacking of Zidane and maybe the pushing out of Ronaldo. Yeah, that
0: explains Ronaldo's move, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, but you've seen it with even other guys historically at at Real Madrid and Casillas. Casillas is very like, well-liked individual all of a sudden like mm-hmm. get out get out like yeah it's just it's because you're getting to your tail end and, and once you get to your tail end you're dangerous and mm-hmm. might talk out against the president we don't want that right right um and uh it's it's almost like that's what's happening at bifika and it's it's if you don't have term limits you naturally could get that abuse of power very easily happening
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it, it i think it's something that's necessary you know just History has shown us that that long serving leaders in any in any field, you know, become dangerous, either complacent or they become totalitarian in, in, exactly. in a sense. And, and and the
1: other part is the um, one year, one vote concept. So right yeah. now the social votes are you know, I, I'm 19, 19 years and, and 11 months and I get yeah. a vote or whatever the heck I get. I don't get many votes, but mm-hmm. if I happen to be an extra month as a socio, I get like 20 some odd votes. Right, and, right. And, and it creates this, especially with the older group, you have these blocks that are worth 50 votes pop. Right. See uh, what the causes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's very easy to know who these people are. It's very easy as a president to say, yeah. "I'm going to do a lot of special deals with you guys." For them, so, right? Yeah. Oh, it's your fiftieth birthday. You know what? I'm going to bring Louis out to your birthday. You know, remember exactly exactly. And, Lincoln, nudge, nudge. Yeah. and it's and then the guys that yeah. So hopefully they they level out some of this because it'll create more of a democratic institution. Yeah.
0: And you know, he spoke to how you know Benfica was a democracy when Portugal was not. It's yeah. democracy in Portugal is Benfica and needs to be preserved obviously because this is a, it's still a fans club and and the sausage have, have the power and basically they need to, this is the time for them to really come together and 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 decide what type of club we want to be going forward exactly all right Mario I thank you for your time on this Sunday it's been a pleasure it flew oh, it's flew. it been
1: amazing I honestly the uh, you, as soon as you mentioned a moment ago it's been two hours it honestly <laughs> did not feel like two hours it's right. uh, uh, it's. I really appreciate it. We got to get you back on a VA ninety. Oh, I'd and, love to uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it's you got. You'd run an amazing show, man. I, I. I can't wait.
0: All right, Mario. Go ahead and plug your Twitter and your YouTube and all that uh, before you go.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter. M um, dot So it's mm-hmm. uh, letter M dot S L V. Obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, I was formerly from the T dial, like in Toronto. That's mm-hmm. just an old thing from back in the day that stuck around uh it's a uh, bifika after 90 so if you do a yeah. youtube search for bifika after 90 our our twitter handle or our um youtube page we're on there uh i've been getting uh, a lot of uh a lot of support over it's our second year that we did yeah a, a, a show um very very proud it really started with honestly me alex and dylan having a mm-hmm. few beers and and <laughs> literally just saying okay well, why not
0: how'd you guys system. meet how'd you how'd you guys hook up with alex all the way out in california
1: oh man, it's such a long story yeah, yeah so i'll <laughs> give the story I, as long as you don't mind so no, um, go for it so i've been around for, i'm an old man so i'm I'm like the old guy in, in the group mm-hmm. uh i used to do the forums at plant pifika mm-hmm. uh back in the day find and there's a bunch of guys out of the uk that ran that site and then i uh, Alfredo started doing the Pika Podcast. Yeah. Where he popped in the forums asked for support. So I'd pop in once in a while as a guest there. And uh, you know, that's how I I got I guess some people started recognizing me because I never I was always behind the scenes, right? Um and then Dylan it's just Twitter because then what it was Pika Podcast got me on Twitter. Cause I never was on Twitter mm-hmm. and cause I, I did a few shows with them all yeah. always, you know what you just said, okay, yeah, toss up like your the, handle. And I was yeah. like, just, you go on planetbifika.net. This doesn't exist. Anymore. So you go on planetbifika.net, <laughs> go on the forums yeah. and the guys moderating it all or setting up the things. It was, uh, you know, we had a few of us doing it. I'm there and you can probably find me there. And, and then they started emailing me a couple of tweets that people would say from their show they would do. And it got my curiosity. I went on Twitter and so I met people on Twitter, met Dylan, met Alex on there. Uh, Alex did a show once uh, this, uh, with this guy from Bermuda, Brian. Uh, okay, he tried yeah. doing something; yeah. it didn't It didn't really go go very far, but he tried, and we're getting connected I'm just lately. And then Dylan uh, had um, talked to Dylan before, and uh, we had like we we just would shoot the shit uh, for lack of better words. And then there was the ICC Cup two mm-hmm. years ago, New Jersey, um, Juventus. Right? Yeah, I remember came, that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and we did a big tailgate, and Dylan was there. He came down. He doesn't live too far away. He lives like 45 minutes away from you, yeah. to be honest. Uh, so a bunch of us from Canada went down, a bunch of us in the US had people from Portugal down. Mm-hmm. We set up, and Dylan was there. We were talking, and we were just, I don't know, chatting. And then Dylan started chatting with Alex. He's like, Oh, it'd be cool to have a show. You did one before, Alex. And they just, the two of them asked me, Would you be part of it? Help us, you know, do it. And it'd be the three of us to do the show. And I was like, yeah i don't know how, how how much of this i could do and we kind of <laughs> just came up with this idea after if gets done playing i was like well yeah. you watch all the games i'm like yeah i try to as much as possible watch every yeah. single game that's like yeah we just talk for like 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's like and that, it started early on like 30 minutes and now these yeah. things go for an hour and i yeah i keep joking with alex man we gotta cut this back i'm like this <laughs> is <you> too long. <watching." laughs> but that's how it started and yeah. then um louise uh i would chat with him online and he yeah. he he is absolutely hilarious. This guy, um, uh, in terms of what he does uh, yeah. with his own channel and stuff, because he just has he loves to goof off and have fun and uh and yeah, we started the channel and then just because life got really busy for Dylan and mm-hmm. he had some uh items that happened. His father got ill for a while and he helped mm-hmm. his family business. Just this year, he couldn't follow as much Rafika, so Louise really stepped in and it kind of became part of the show that way. Yeah, and he's it's a,
0: he, he's a nice uh, addition to your dynamic too. It's a fun mix because you it got a like Al- Alex
1: is his own cat out in California. Yeah. I love right. Alex bits. I love Luis to bits. Uh myself. We all have very like, mm-hmm. there's like-mindedness, but there's yeah. a very different personality. Yeah, there's the three unique of us.
0: personalities. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's fun, man. We got along well and it's, it's, and the time zones, my God, the one, the toughest that, thing. That's got to be fun. <laughs> oh god it's funny now now off the top of my head i'm really good with like it used to be back in the day yeah when someone said a time in portugal and they'd be like oh if you could at like 10 o'clock god like oh what time is that in canada i'm like oh yeah five hours i start flipping <laughs> it backwards right, right. very very slowly um and then especially with alex being in california is a different time zone right yeah and louis being in the time zone out in the uk now it's like right away it's like oh you know you, know, you got those you know,
0: those time zones down <laughs>
1: It'll be like, oh, let's do a show. I mean, it's 3 o'clock my time. So 12 for you, Alex. Yeah. 8 for you, Luis. It's just off the top of my head now. It just like rhymes off like mm-hmm. time zones, which is comical. Um, yeah, it's done well. I, th- I just brought it up. I think we got like 20,000 views, which is yeah. like, shocking uh, on, on, the, on the page for the Bafiga the After 90. And, uh-huh. Yeah, we're trying to do a few more things here for this upcoming season. It'll be the third year, but it'll be good.
0: And congratulations again on the season. I know you had your season finale essentially last night. Um, what, what's meso- you know, what surprises me a lot, and I've heard some of the other projects talk about, here we are talking Benfica in English, right? Yeah. And here we have this following in Portugal of Portuguese-speaking Benficistas that really appreciate what we bring. And it's really cool to, and it, I think that's kind of a, you know, a nod to Portuguese people and their open-mindedness that I never would have thought, you know, that I'd be hitting, you know, a podcast chart in Portugal, not in the United States for a podcast in English by, you know, an American, you you listen, you know, we are, this is not the the football hub of the world, obviously. Yeah. But, but people in in Portugal who who have Benfica in front of them take time every week to follow our content in English. I think to me that still blows my mind away.
1: I, it's it's pretty wild because I, I've looked at some of our analytics and we get a lot of viewers from mm-hmm. Portugal. Like the, yeah, like that's still like the majority of our views is Portuguese. Yeah, it's Portugal, the fame here. Yeah, I, and I kind of go and I always like I always thought it'd be more like. Canadians and Americans. Yeah. And I always, and I wonder sometimes, cause we have, I always joke with people here in Canada when they talk about, oh, Portugal's was a small country. I'm like, well, you know, it's 11 million people, but you have to understand that it's like 22 million because there's, there's 11 another, million living another, outside. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like just the way that the, 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 the immigration happened. And is, these are card carrying citizens. Right. Um, and so I'm like, there's this global presence. Uh, but I always find it funny. We get the odd person once in a blue moon that goes, Hey, why don't you guys, uh, They'll portuguese they'll like make other comments they'll make some comments they always laugh saying well it's it's a, a complete english channel. It's just, yeah
0: it's what, not what really the, on, the right? mission
1: <laughs> yeah it's like uh, we got you guys got all your media out in, in portuguese and, and yeah. you got a lot in the big independent they're doing yeah. really cool stuff right man. i i say man because those guys are right in the backyard they're oh, reporting they, outside it must the be Louges. great <laughs> they they got they, they're able to grab some guys in the coffee shops this and that yeah. and it's, so it's pretty cool stuff they can do which is amazing um and we're just out here in our little corner of the world because there's so many people out there trying to get out to them. And, and I tell people it's so we are not just a Portuguese club. We're, we're a big global club, we're A global right? club. So, right. And it goes to show you go how many podcasts, and this is where I, I know a portista that we, I, I argue a lot with, but mm-hmm. uh, I also talk to him quite often. That gets very livid with this comment, but I'm like, if you want to measure the size of teams and it's a stupid yeah. way of measuring, how many Bufika podcasts are out there? Yeah, how many different shows are there, and it's not because like, it's because there's there there's so many more. Yeah, there's so many there. more of us. And-, and how many? And I'm not trying to pick on Roma. Roma's a big club, but I, I feel like uh, and there's a lot of Roma podcasts out there. But I feel there's more Bifikisha podcasts. I mean, because I'm Bifikisha, you know.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And you know, this is funny. This is kind of off, but uh, another project I'm I'm possibly having in the works. Yeah. Is and there, there? Do you know there is no flamenco podcast in English anywhere?
1: <laughs> yeah, see that it one's it and surprise. that's a see, huge club. It's a big club, but it's funny and in the
0: English speaking world, there's so many Brazilians. I it blows yeah. my mind that there isn't a Flamengo, you know, English language podcast anywhere.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny. You well, see that. I, you, you I'm going to try might, to jump
0: in on that. <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a neat idea. You got that. You can look at, look at Boca Juniors.
0: Boca Juniors, another huge, Juniors, huge. club. You, you right. wouldn't
1: see, yeah. It's, I'd be hard-pressed to try to find anything in English. Right. right. Um, and that's the difference between a... A United A Real I yeah. put Bifika still In terms of like Their popularity oh, they're there Right Like Ajax You see the odd bit For Ajax But Bifika yeah. carries you In a bigger weight Internationally Than Ajax does Dorman has like a fans. real nice
0: English English language yeah. podcast The Yellow Wall But yeah. they have one you, you 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 look for Bifika There There's It there's seems like a new yeah. one Every week
1: There's so many of them Out there And, and, they, and I think there's a, It's a good community Yeah um, And I think also It goes to uh, this is this is your team. This is my team. This is everyone mm-hmm. that listen. This yeah. is your this is your team. This is you are a member. there We have no owner. It's a, right. a People, it's a people's club.
0: We have a caretaker, so, and that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just uh, and there's something special about there. were sometimes some of these other clubs in in the world, whether it be like an MLS team or whether mm-hmm. it be like a European team, like a West Ham or something like that, that it is someone owns it, and you're just a fan watching them right. do what they do with the team. Whereas mm-hmm. we really. I really feel all the beautifications that pop up in our chat group ones that that go out on Twitter the ones that go out and 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 go to the games the ones internationally you have a say you actually this is this is yeah. your team this is your you know to take an active role and vote when it comes time for the social side but right. you also you know the, the the what the team looks like is based on what you're doing and that's you know in every shape right hmm
0: yeah it did there's not many clubs anywhere in the world like, and we talk, they've talked about it. You know, we draw. PSG, does not want to draw Benfica ever in the Champions League because you don't, we want, don't want that embarrassment again. a home game for Benfica, you know, and we, <laughs> yeah, one year in J, one of JJ's runs to the Europa League, yeah. final. I think we, we hit a Portuguese community in every round <laughs> until we got to it. The- was
1: amazing. I remember that PSG game,
0: yeah,
1: and it was like, I remember the headlines in France were, were like, what an embarrassment. There was more. FICA fans and PSG fans in, in, in Paris, in the stadium, it was, it's cool, man, I, I love it, and it's and, and the thing is, like, even, like, when they come here to North America, like, it's a mm-hmm. huge ton of them, you come to Canada, you come to East Coast, the West yeah. Coast, um, you will get some support and, and people sometimes, even here, I remember when we faced PSG in Toronto several mm-hmm. years ago. It was a, it was It was a, it was, a, it was like a Bifika home game with a couple mm-hmm. of PSG fans that were uh, from Southeast Asia, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> word. Yeah. And I know because I was at the time. I knew one of the girls in, in yeah. my old office in Toronto. Her husband liked PSG. Uh, Indian fella, nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they they went to the game, <laughs> and they were kind of like caught off guard big time. This is like, Ebro was playing for PSG. I think at the time. When they came to Toronto I'm trying to recall again I think Ibra was still playing I think playing he PSG. was too Yeah Yeah, And I'm Here's Ibra Here's the star-studded PSG <laughs> They're going to go face Fika. Oh, I wish we got a United This and that All of a sudden go Eh Man, and then when they come the in, stadium's man, it,
0: red. it's all red. And <laughs> I was sitting there,
1: it's like, yeah, man, it would have been kind of cool if we got, like, a Real Madrid or something against Rafika because maybe it would have had, like, half-and-half half fans. Yeah. But it's cool to face a team like PSG. It's nice for them to get a bit well, of attention here and there. And Juventus, that <laughs> game at
0: Red Bull Arena with Juventus, New York is known for being, like, the Italian-American yeah. hub. And we go into <laughs>
1: – We went to Jersey Shore. We went to the Jersey, and it's all sure.
0: red. <laughs> and it's like – One it was little a pocket run. of Juventus fans, and the rest of it is, is – Yeah, and,
1: and the game against Milan out in World yeah. uh, uh, there. Right. That was like all the Vikishas. Yeah. You, you had like – So out in California, because Alex went to that game with Chivas. Yeah. It was heavy Chivas. That's Chivas' back yeah, that, backyard. Yeah, that's their backyard. I went and visited Alex uh, oh, about a year back, and I went there. And they talk about there being a lot of Mexicans in California, yeah. and that is an understatement. Like it is, oh, yeah. you, you forget you're in the U.S. Yeah, um, it's an extension. It's, a, it's, it's like it's uh, Mexicans everywhere. The, the taco trucks, the food, yeah. the, the signs, you're driving on the street, you see all these Spanish signs everywhere. Yeah. And it's like you are in another country. Uh, almost, yeah, you're, yeah. you're almost in like a, a former colony in Mexico, yeah. right? Which right. technically well, used to be part it, of Mexico it, it, back it's the was
0: part of Spain, right?
1: Yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, and so they had a big Shiva support, but you had a lot of Bifika fans still show up there yeah. all the way out on the other side of the world. If you actually right. look at where Lisbon is, to San Francisco, right. <laughs> geography speaking. And if they ever went to Macau and did a game, you'd you probably have that? a ton yeah, of uh, Bifika's there also. Yeah, and, right? you know,
0: in the in the Portuguese speaking parts of Africa too, Benfica's huge. Uh, I would you, love, actually, you, I,
1: yeah. I feel it's unfortunate. it's I know it's money related, but I think it's long overdue. We do a game in Angola or Mozambique.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. It's certainly been a while. And that used to be a regular end of the season trip for for Benfica. That's something I learned looking at these old seasons, like eighty two, eighty three, when they went to after losing the UEFA Cup final, they went to Angola and played three games in Angola. Yeah, uh, it it used to be how they ended the season was going to, to the the as they called it, and
1: uh, and I hope that's my fear. My my fear is sometimes this club and reaching out for like, oh, let's get some Chinese fans or let's mm-hmm. get some other fans. And I, I want fans from all over the world following Rafika. They, they have such a huge following. I, I hope they don't forget that following. Right. Yes, um, I agree. I know the U.S. has a lot of money, and I get the benefit of being next door as a neighbor, in a sense, mm-hmm. where we get to see Rafika. Mm-hmm. But uh, take advantage of the fact that out in uh, out in Angola, out in Mozambique, yeah. and South Africa, there's a big amount of – Oh yeah, Yeah, these are diehard
0: fans that you know live and die with the club every week.
1: Yeah, and they they gotta. I think they need to do maybe even when there's like a, you know, they do those breaks. I know this year is a unique year, so obviously not this year. But in the normal in normal times, when they have let's say like a November or they have Mm -hmm. like where you get like an international break. Yeah, yeah. take advantage and even send a team down down to Angola to do a. a, Because
0: even like, minus the international players, they'll be so happy to see those to see Benfica come in.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, you don't want to don't take it for granted that you have that support. Right, but you could. I lose think it. sometimes it feels like the club does take
0: them and us for granted that we're here, yeah. we're subscribing to BTV every week, and they're worried more about you know the Far East and you know wherever. Yeah, uh, and I,
1: I think this is where like and I look. And at they're it not this
0: creating is, any content in English or French, which is the main language is your diaspora
1: speaks. That's actually, that's what I'm shocked with is that the club itself doesn't make it. I know they finally, after many years, put an English section mm-hmm. and, and an English translation on their website. I remember for many years they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm shocked they haven't done an, a proper English. I know they got Bifika English now on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they on should Twitter. Have, they should have a BTV in English. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they, there's no excuse for, to not have that. And also, and I look at it, and this is me selfishly saying, I got a son. My son is a member. Me taking him to Befika games, I'm passing that on the torch yeah. to him. But I have had people, I know individuals here in Canada that are Canadians, mm-hmm. that are Befikishes, that are not Portuguese, right. not Portuguese descendants. Right. They have no Portuguese. They, for some along the path they fell. They found in the club, right? Uh, we got Pete out, and uh, I always like picking on I mean, Pete because I've personally yeah. met him before, yep. and uh, he's out in England, but he's a uh, your your traditional Englishman
0: that loves Benfica. you got marcus Benfica. in in germany
1: yeah <laughs> and you got you got these people that and it's like dude, the europeans they, they got Benfica because if travels in europe yeah so you got that yeah but you gotta you gotta get good at trying to, not that just grab old guys like us like, yeah no matter
0: what we love me we're gonna be here you know
1: to, yeah we're, we're here until no right, we die yeah but make sure you capture our kids and try to capture mm-hmm. their friends and try to kind of and and two ways you do it is these exhibitions, but also, you know, content, get the, get, get the job done in Europe, man. Yeah. You don't, even if you don't want it, just perform, make Be it appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, man, I rant and rave like I always do. I hear it here. Yeah. This is this, the this typical BA 90 ending where, we say okay, good, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Do your plug and yeah, then the it, show will progress. There's actually uh, one quick the story. Spin-off. <laughs> when I was doing the I did a little montage video to say yeah. thank you for all the guests we had. Yeah, that year. was a and great I, I video, by the way. It was a fun little video. And I went, I was trying to like find okay, well, who's on the show, who's the show. I forget who the heck was there. Was someone on one of our shows, Sergio from mm-hmm. Toronto. That episode, the actual video part yeah. ended pretty quickly. Uh-huh. The after we said goodbye. <laughs> To the ending of the episode yeah. was equally as long, long as the whole as show. As, as it was an hour and a half long show. The show ended 45 minutes in. Yeah. We actually put the credit page the <laughs> chat box. You kept going. And I remember I'm like because <laughs> I'm scrolling through it to just get a photo of Sergio. And I'm I'm not going oh, okay, not here, not here. But let me go later on. I'm like, wait a second, this is the credits. Fuck the credits started halfway through. I'm like, <laughs> and I click, I'm like, Man, yeah, we did. We ooh, went past that. We blew past it. You know, it's like, you know, you yeah, do the. It is what it is. It's happens. like, okay, guys, see you later. The credits are rolling, but it's as if they don't hit the stop button. So yeah. I have a tendency of doing that, buddy.
0: No worries. No worries at all. I can break this up into multiple shows. So yes. it's all good stuff. Thank you again for joining me. Uh, we'll definitely do this again next season at some point. Um, thank yeah, you for, for your show. Yeah. Your show helps me a lot, too, because. When I'm pissed, I watch you guys and we're just a bunch that, of goofballs. <laughs> after that that tasa final, you know, I was yeah. you know, I, I decided to record that night. I usually don't record the same day. Yeah. I usually watch the game again. I couldn't yeah. put myself through that again. I literally was, you know, singing sad songs to start the show. Fuck, it, uh, is, it was I, I, it was so
1: demoralizing. I, I we've said this on the show a million times before, and, and some people I don't know if they actually take us seriously or not, but we're being 100 percent honest. It is like therapy. I tell you, I will finish. I am angry. I, my wife will be fakish. So yeah. Just we'll watch, and I'm agitated. She's agitated. Everyone's mm-hmm. agitated. I'm sending my kids to my parents' house. Let let them get away from the house or something. I'm like, I'll just be like, it's just you know, you get irritated, and then Alex is pissed off. Yeah, we just pissed off. And usually when we tune on, we we talk for a little bit. Yeah, and we kind of like defuse each other to a certain extent. We're pissed make, off. Yeah. You get we, yeah, yourself you get, ready
0: to 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 have the show.
1: <laughs> and then eventually we defuse ourselves and along the way we end up we're usually just laughing it off because yeah. that's and I tell you when it's all said and done, I'm still pissed me Fika lost the task of, of final. Course, but I tell you course. at least it's where after that show's done. Yeah. I feel a bit better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, well, when you win, it, it's like a, it's like a, it's like oh, yeah. steroids all of a sudden. It just jacks it really up more. it's jacks like a, it's, you like, right it's like right up. It's like ah oh, yeah, hang on, let's keep doing it. <laughs> all right, thank all right, you, man. Mario. Thank you so much, man. We'll I catch really up again this.
0: another time next season. Thank you again. This was this was a blast.
1: That was awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right.
0: And again, a big thank you to Mario. From Benfica After 90. Make sure you go to his social media. Follow him at MDOTSOB. Follow Benfica90 as well on all the social media platforms. And make sure next season on match day, once the match ends, check the Benfica After 90 Twitter. See what time they're going on and watch those guys do their thing live after every match. That was a very interesting and I would say it was a very it went really quickly that conversation with him i thoroughly enjoyed it and again i thank him for coming on mr Benfica, and sharing his perspective with me and with all of you now there's some new stuff coming from the ptb network okay you heard probably at the top in the in the channel id um that i like to do at the beginning of every episode i said ptb media not ptb soccer network okay um we're undergoing a, a little bit of a structural branding uh change okay here at ptb um as uh well there'll be more information coming on p on the ptb platforms about this the the new ptb media network um that is obviously host to this podcast and some others okay i've gotten together with a some with another podcaster and um, another content creator. and We're forming a network, and I think it's going to benefit everybody as it's going to bring more content to more people. So check it out. Now follow on Twitter. The new handle is at PTB underscore media on Instagram. It's the same uh, handle, at PTB underscore media. Any questions, you can always, of course, reach out to me, and you can find me on email at themrbanfica.com at gmail.com, okay? And, of course, you know the other social media places to find me. I plug them each and every show. That's going to do it for Episode 76. But the season's not over yet for Mr. Benfica. The players are already playing in 2021. I'm still in 2019-20. We still got the UEFA Youth League to go and I'm working on a season finale. As we speak, it'll be a multi-parter and it'll be a review of a classic Benfica season, as I said in the episode 89-90, the return of Sven Joran Eriksson to Benfica. So stay very close to the channel and watch this space for new content. All right, we have at least that left this season. Who knows what else could happen uh, between now and the start of the new season and what could prompt an impromptu uh, episode. So stay tuned, as always, to Mr. Benfica. This has been episode 76. Thank you for joining me. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu signing off, and I'll see you next time here on Mr. Benfica.